All right, thank you everybody for tuning in or coming. Um, we are continuing tonight in the Seder of the Tefilot of Shabbat. And last week we left off closing the text of Nishmat Kol Chai. And if we follow the Sidur, the next uh, section of the Tefilot of Shabbat that, are, that require examination that are different than the weekday are the Brachot of Kriyat Shema which begin with the words Yotzer Or, right? Yotzer Or. And we know from previous classes most of the material that we could and should cover uh, in Yotzer Or. And we learned, we studied the topic of Baruch Hu. We studied the topic of Yotzer Or. We studied the topic of, of the Brachot of Kriyat Shema. And therefore, I don't want to be redundant and I don't want to re, uh, rehash all of the previous shurim that we did. Specifically, I think it was shur 55, 56, 57, uh, the shurim on Brachot Kriyot Shema, on Yotzer Or, on, on, on uh, Kel Baruch Gidodeya, Avaraba, all of those shurim that we did. And therefore, I'm going to focus specifically on the sections of Yotzer Or, which themselves are... Uh, Shabbat in in nature that they were written for the Shabbat and they um, are said exclusively on Shabbat. Now, just to recap a little bit of the history of Yotzer Or, we have a Rambam in Hilchot Kriyat Shema that the Rambam says that the Rambam makes the assertion that these brachot were written by the Yachei Knesset Hagidola, and although we don't have any uh, concrete evidence to support this, as the Anshei Knesset lived a very, very long time ago, the, this is in fact very, very probable and very likely, because these brachot are referred to by the Mishnah, these brachot are referred to by the Gemara, and these brachot are referred to by various Midrashim, Yotzer Or and, and Avar Abba, Abat Olam, uh, we have uh, explicitly in the Gemara, there are, there are references to the different parts of the bracha, and therefore it is very likely that the composition of these brachot is pre-Tanaic, that it was written before the time of the Tanaim, and that would land us squarely at the beginning of the Bayit Sheni. And typically, as we've seen with the Anshik Nesat they typically uh, instituted the main corpus, or the main ideas that were necessary to discuss in a bracha, and the, uh, the Chachamim at the time, the Tanaim, etc., chose and fleshed out the actual uh, Nusach of the Bracha, incorporating those main elements. We also discussed uh, many, many moons ago the idea that the Brachot of Kriyat Shema curiously do not have anything to do with Kriyat Shema. We don't say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Halam Asher Kedisham Sotavisivanu Likrot Et Shema, or Al Kriyat Shema. And this is a problem discussed already in the time of the Rishonim, the Rashba, the Tashbetz. A couple of the Rishonim make this observation that, even Rav Amram technically, that the Brachot of Kriyat Shema that we say in the morning have nothing to do with Kriyat Shema. And the Rashba takes that for granted. He says, you know, no, actually the Brachot of Yotzer Or stand on their own. Uh, they don't really, they're not really tied to Kriyat Shema. And this has halachic differences. For example, if a person... Um, 
if a person doesn't have the opportunity opportunity to say Kriyat Shema or Shalom no, you could technically say the Brachot of Yosef or without the saying Kriyat Shema because of the way the Rashba understands their halachic uh, importance. And we saw also, if you remember the Balatanya, the Balatanya has a beautiful long piece on how the Brachot of Kriyat Shema, although they don't speak directly about Kriyat Shema, the point of them is a meditation. They are a meditation in which we uh, immerse ourselves in how much Hashem loves us. And once we come to the degree of understanding of how much Hashem loves us, we are infused with our own love, and therefore we could come to the point of saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And this occurs through a meditation of the heavenly bodies about how Hashem cre- created the entire universe with all the celestial beings and the heavenly bodies and the massiveness of our universe, and yet He chose to cherish and to choose the Jewish nation to uh, serve Him and worship Him. And therefore, when a person comes to the end of that meditation, he should be infused with the level of Ahava, which is Ahavat Olam or Ahavat Abba, and we are then prepared to reciprocate with Shema Yisrael. So that was the just a quick recap of what we discussed in the previous Shurim. So now, when it comes to the Yotzer of Shabbat, in specifics, in many people's minds, Yotzer Or on Shabbat is distinct. It's a different Yotzer Or than the, than the Yotzer that we say during the weekday. However, if you pull out a Sidur, you will notice that this is not at all the case. If you pull out a Sidur, you'll notice that the Brachav Yotzer Or on the weekday is identical to the Brachav Yotzer Or on Shabbat. However, on Shabbat, you are interrupted four times by a, uh, an insertion into the Brachav Yotzer Or. So those four times are, first with HaKol Yoducha. All right, let me just uh, show you where these bridges are straight out of a Sidur. It's very obvious. You can take your own pencil in the Sidur and, and see it for yourself. Uh, right, so we, we say, Yotzer and then period, all the way until and during the weekday, we would just continue straight, until Misgav uh, and then we interrupt with or if you're Ashkenaz. Then after we add Keladon, we add Lekela Sher Shavat, and then we continue with the regular Yotzer Or with Shimcha Shemalkenu Yitkadash, with Sichercha Malkenu Yitbar, with Shemayim Ma'al, with the Tidbarach Lanetzach. So we continue with the regular Yotzer Or. So Hakol Yoducha and En Kerkecha, those are not in so much in the style of Piyut. Those two insertions we're not written so much in the style typically uh, under which is typical of later pew team. For example, Hakolio Duchava, Koli Shabuchava, Kolio Muruen Kadoshka Hashem. This is a refrain. It basically continues to turn on the word Hakol. And Enadochlecha Venzulatcha again returns on that rhyme of either Ach or Lecha. So not particularly a poetic style of later poets. This is a much earlier poetic style from the time of uh, the Geonim, most likely from the time of the Geonim. However, Keladon Akolamasim, Baruch, um, oh, sorry, I blanked for a second. Baruch Mvarach Befichol Neshama. So this is a longer version of another alphabetic acrostic, which is in the, um, which is 
let me just admit someone, hold on, that this is a form of alphabetic acrostic, just like Kel Baruch Gedol Deyah we have in the weekday. We replace Kel Baruch Gedol Deyah with a different pute, Kel Adon Al So basically after L'Tchiat HaMetim, instead of saying Kel Baruch Gedol Deyah, we add Kel Adon, we, sorry, we replace it with Kel Adon So both of these are alphabetic acrostics. These are both pute written with an alphabetic, uh, in, a, in an alphabetic or alphabetic order. However, Heladon is longer in nature than Kelbaruch, and we potentially do that for the Kavod of Shabbat. Obviously, the Kelash Shabbat is also pute, and you'll notice that some Sidurim take the editorial uh, position to write them out and flesh them out like Piyutim. If you look in the, for example, I'll show you here in the Sidur of Amram, I guess I could sh I, it's probably a poor idea to show it in the camera, but you have the the way that the Sidurim will put it is they'll do it in a in a poetic um, with sticks in the middle and they'll write out the piyut of Keladona Kolmasim or the Kelashashvat Kolmasim in a line by line stanza format because this was originally how it was said. The Piyutim were said in that they were constructed like Piyutim and they were said uh, like Piyutim. Uh, give me one second here. Uh, where are we holding? One, two, three, four. Okay. So, as we said, these pew team are, Yotzer Or itself is very, very early, probably from the time Mount Sheikhness had the Haggadolah. However, these pew team, which were added for Shabbat, we have no mention of them anywhere in the Gemara. And therefore, the Rishonim assume that these let me just uh, mute someone. Okay, so the Rishonim assume that these assertions of HaKol Yoducha and the assertion of Ein Ker Kecha or Ein, ein Aruch Lecha, uh, the, 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 inser the insertion of Keladon and Lekel Asher Shavat, all of these insertions were composed in the time of the Geonim. Now, the language is very early, the, pu the poetic style is very early, and all of this would lend support, as we're going to study hopefully the text next week, to this idea of the Rishonim, that it was written in the time of the Geonim. Today, virtually every uh, Nusach has uh, Lakel Asher Shavat. Uh, sorry, vir virtually all of the Nusachot have all of the text. However, this wasn't always the case. The tour in Reish Pei Aleph, and the Ochot Chaim in the Hilchot of the Tefillat Shabbat, mention that in Toledo, the Minhag was to skip Lakel Asher Shabbat. They wouldn't say it. Why? Because they held it was just a Gaonic era insertion, and it didn't actually belong in Yotzer Or. From the Abu Ham, in his time, it sounds like the people who said Lakel Asher Shabbat were the exception, not the rule, and that most people said Yotzer uh, R without saying Lakel Asher Shabbat at all. If you look in the Sefer Ha'itim, which is one of the earlier Rishonim, who also brings a lot of uh, a lot of Minhagim, he believes forcefully that all of this was a mistake, and it's 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 actually kind of funny, and his his language is very forceful, and from a halachic position, he believes that there's no reason why anyone should be adding. Uh, where do I have it over here? Anyone should be adding piyutim to Yotzer Or. There's no reason. Why would... We don't have it anywhere in the Gemara that the 
that that there's any difference. And we know the rule is you don't just you're not mishanemi matbeash atavul hachamim without 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 a tremendous reason. So in his opinion, the entire minhag is a mistake, and the entire thing should be discarded. And he believes that the whole minhag should be abolished, and the yotzer of the weekday should be exactly like the yotzer of Shabbat and, and vice versa. And therefore. Um, he argues on the whole minhag. I could just read you the language to show you how, how strong it is. He says, We in our in our we in our opinion believe that this minhag has no uh, source. and it is a mistake. This is Aramaic, but he's saying that we do not find any place that the Chachami made a Takana on Shabbat to mention Shabbat, except for in the Shemona Esrei. Uh, here, and this is You're not allowed to be to be Mishaneh. And he goes into great length, and uh, eventually he gets into another another uh, <laughs> little tangent about Piyutim themselves. So, yeah, in his opinion... Most of these few teams should be excised on halachic grounds, and the Yotzer on Shabbat you're supposed to say should be identical. Now, the problem is that even he says that Rav Amram Gaon has, the, the Seder of Rav Amram Gaon, the earliest Sidur we have, has these few team. And the good versions that we have today, like the Goldschmidt version and, and the, Vors, the, the Varsha, the Warsaw v- version of, of, of the Seder of Amram, they all have all of these few team. And so he still believes the Sefer team argues with the Geonim that we should not be saying any of these piyutim, despite the fact that Rav Amram Gaon seemed to have sanctioned them. Now, what's interesting is that the Rishonim all seem to assume that this was the Minhag to add these piyutim to replace Kabaruch Gedodaya with uh, with Keladon, etc. But the Rambam doesn't mention them at all, as far as I could find in the Seder Atfilah. He doesn't seem to mention these changes in the Bracha for Shabbat. And it is possible because we learned in uh, one of the Shurim, I think it was number 55, a while ago, that the Gra learns that the Rambam holds that it's Asur to add Piyutim in Yotzer Or. He learns it from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that uh, that you're not that it is Asur to make a Bracha longer or shorter. And the Rambam understands that literally. So if you have a Bracha, you can't make it longer or shorter. You're not allowed to add a piyut, and therefore it is quite possible that the Rambam didn't believe at all in lengthening the bracha of, uh, what's the word, of Yotzer Ar. So, if you look in, I'm so, I don't know why this is not in my notes, perhaps it accidentally got deleted. If you look in the Seder of Sadiagon, oh here it is, the Seder of Sadiagon doesn't mention any of those... Um, he doesn't mention any like a keladon or a koyoducha. However, he does mention the a version of Lakela Sher Shavat. And I just wanted to show it to you quickly, just so that you realize that it is it is Lakela Sher Shavat. However, it is not the Lakela Sher Shavat which all of us are familiar with. Uh, here we go. If you look here, Kel Asher Shavat, many Rishonim didn't have Lakel, Mikol Ma'asav, Hu Bayom HaShvin et Ala V'yashav Al-Kiseh Vodo, Tiferet Ata L'Yom HaMenucha, Ve'one Korei L'Yom HaShavat, Zeh Shavach L'Yom HaShvi Shabashat Kel Mikol Ma'asav, Ve'tziva V'shivto, Imo Kol Digle Yaakov, Ve'asu Bo Menucha, Ve'karu Oto Oneg V'yom HaShvi, Meshabach Ve'omer, Mizmo Shilom HaShavat, L'Fi Chachifaru Lakel Kol Yom HaShavach V'yom HaShavach V'yom HaShavach V'yom HaShavach V'yom HaShavach V'yom HaShavach V'yom HaSh
basically similar to the version we have today of Lekelash Shabbat, but not identical. And this is the only difference that he mentions on Shabbat of the Yotzer R. So this leads many researchers to assume that in the time of the early Gonim, the, these piyutim were being written, and some people, some regions in the time of the Gonim did have some of the piyutim, some of them did know about them, some did not know about them, or Sadia Gaon was from Egypt, therefore his, uh, where he was from, people never said these piyutim, and eventually by the time of Amram Gaon came around, the, these piyutim had uh, reached a consensus and the common minhag in most places was to add these piyutim to Yotzer R. However, what that would mean is that there were a few hundred years of a period of evolution, that certain piyutim were written, and certain ones were chosen, certain ones were deleted, some survived, some didn't, and the eventual nusach was settled on around the time of the seder of Rav Amram Gaon. And this is interesting because if you look at some of the work done in the Cairo Geniza, you'll find some very interesting uh, sources of tefillot of Yotzer Or for Shabbat, which do not resemble the tefillah of Yotzer Or that we have today. And this is probably because this was represents, the Cairo Geniza represents a time before they reached a consensus, before they reached a, uh, you know, an agreement on the precise piyutim to include and the precise nature of those piyutim. So the one that fascinated me the most was Elbogen's work on Lekel Asher Shavat. And he has a very interesting theory. They found in the Cairo Geniza a manuscript of a piyut written not for Shabbat, but for Thursday. So if you think, stop and think for a second. The piyut of Lekel Asher Shabbat was written to describe how the day of Shabbat comes before Hashem and it sings the shir, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbat, right? It says, V'yom HaShavii Mishabeach V'omer Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbat. That the seventh day comes before Hashem and it sings its day, it sings the shir Shalyom. So they found in the Cairo Geniza a piyut which was written with the same idea that the day of Thursday, the fifth day of the week, comes before Hashem and sings Harninu Lashem, uh, sorry, what's the, what's the, uh, the Mizmor precisely, uh, the, the, the Mizmor of Thursday. Let me just... Harninu le'elokim uzeinu So his assumption is that the, the practice was in the time of the early Geonim that every single day of the week they would add a different piyut for that day, for that shir shalyom. The only one that survived was Lakela Sher Shavat. So I'll just show you the actual text of the piyut that they found. Sorry that this is in German. My German's not that great. But here we have dagim ve'ofot v'gam taninim hotzi. Then there's a lacuna, which means a, 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 a blank spot in the text. Right? So the fifth day, the fish and the birds were created. Fascinating stuff. So this, in his opinion, the 
piyut of Lakela Shabbat was not written specifically for the Shabbat. It was part of a broader set of piyutim, which were written for every single day. The only one which survived was Lakela Sher Shabbat, and the other ones were lost to time. So it's a fascinating idea, and uh, hopefully one day they'll find more of these piyutim in the Yotzar, so we should, you know, in, in the, uh, sorry, in the Geniza, so we'll, we'll be able to piece together more of, of what happened. Similarly, in the Revue des Etudes Juifs, right, there's a, a French um, academic uh, journal from, I believe it was 1950-something. It was the volume 53. They found another fragment in the Geniza, which is also really interesting. This is where it's a Yotzer for Shabbat, and the beginning goes straight into an alphabetic acrostic. It goes straight into a piyut with an alphabetic acrostic. And the reason this is interesting is because of the, the minhag of the Machsor B'nai Roma. There's a sidur of the Italian rite, right? We have a, a sidur of the Italian nusach. Basically, nobody prays this anymore. It's called Machsor B'nai Roma. And the Italians had their own nusach. They called it Machsor B'nai Roma. And it was distinct in a couple of ways from, the, from other uh, versions, other, other tefillot. One of the differences, if you look at the Machsor B'nai Roma, I hope I have it open here. Uh, I think I do. Yes, I do. Okay. One of the versions has as follows. On the Yotzer of Shabbat, it starts like this. Yotzer or v'rechol shechoseh shalom v'reat hakol. Or olam otzar chayim orot me'ofel amar v'yihi. Hakol yaducha v'akol yishabuchucha. So the beginning of the of the of the nusach of the of the Yotzer of Shabbat for the for the Bnei Roma for the Italians was this that Hashem created all and that He is the the storehouse of all life and all light and all darkness. And from darkness He said, and it was. So Hashem created uh, it as it was. So one of uh, another researcher, Daniel Goschmidt, was studying Master Bnei Roma, and he writes in there. He writes. That, Possibly this, he doesn't really know where this comes from, but from the language of Ozer Chaim, Orot Me'ofel, Amar Vayihi, three Alephs, he assumes that this was part of a longer piyut, which the rest of it was lost. And I found that indeed he was correct, because if you look in the, uh, the REJ, let me just find it here. I think I have it open. Here we go. I keep getting that in my way. They found... Another version of Yitzhak Shabbat, which starts as follows. Right, this is the, the introduction, Baruch Hashem Avorach, and then they will reply, Baruch Hashem Hashem Avorach, Lalam Ba'ed. And then, Baruch Hashem Elkin Machlam, Yotzer Oru Vorech Hoshech, Ose Shalom Vreyat Akol, Or Olam Otsar Chaim, Orot Me'ofel Amar Vayihi, Asher Birov Chochma. Listen to how this is alphabetically acrostic. Asher Aleph, right? Birov Chochma Gidula Darash, Vehechin Vehitkin, Ziv Hamato, if you if you if you understand the Hebrew and you're listening to this, you'll understand how this is alphabetical. Tipecha Yemino, Kochve Levana, Me Orniro, Sod Olamo, Poalet, Sidko, Kirove, Rahamav, Shirtish Pachot, Ninaimlo, Eti Shamal, Zion, Kumi Ori, Kirtiv, Kumi Ori, Kivaurik, Vekodashamalayak Zarach, Baruchata, Shem Yotzer Hamerot, Gefen Mimitzrayim, and then there's a lacuna. So this represents a very early. Uh, a very, very early nusach of Yotzer R. And I know this because it continues with Gefen Mimitzrayim. The Geonim, in their Teshuvot about Piyutim, mention Gefen Mimitzrayim because they don't like it. 
And so we can know for sure that there was a time when people started were, were saying Geffen Mitzrayim. However, it was deleted on the uh, grounds that get the, at least the Geonim say that you shouldn't include uh, Geffen Mitzrayim because it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with Kriyat Shema. Meaning it's a nice piyut, but it has nothing to do with Kriyat Shema. It doesn't have anything to do with anything to do with the topic of uh, of the you know the creation of the celestial bodies. And therefore, the, the Geonim say. You should not be saying Gefim Yitzrayim as a piyut inside, inside, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, inside Yotzer R. So that manuscript that they found in the Geniza is representative of a very early version of Yotzer R, which eventually was deleted, disputed, and as we can see, in the time of the Geonim, there was some uh, evolution that happened as different piyutim were being written, and some were being deleted, and some were being chosen. So that's so much for the... Um, uh, for the for some of the academic side of that. Now, the one thing that we'll all notice here is that there is a tendency among all of the Piyutim which were written for Yotzer R that the Piyutim would follow an alphabetic acrostic. This is coming time and time again, right? We see Kel Baruch Gedodaya, Kel Adon. We have the... Um, uh, Sorry, I'm blanking. We have the one that we just saw in the REJ. We have one from the Seder of, of Sadia Gaon, who has, a, who has an alternative version in, uh, we saw this in, I think it was Shir 55, 56, there, Sadia Gaon has a different version. It says some people don't say Kelbruch uh, Dodea, uh, instead they say Keladir, which is another acrostic piyut written for the weekday uh, Yotzer R. So we see that there is this, this uh, lean towards putting an alphabetic acrostic inside Yotzer R. So why is that? So we saw about four reasons when we uh, studied, I think this was Shir Nun Zion, uh, Shir, sorry, 57. My brain is thinking in Hebrew now. Shir, in, in number 57, I think it was Kel Baruch We discussed this idea why alphabetic acrostics are important. So the first idea we saw was written in the Siddur of the Rav Hertz Shliach Tzibur. Rav Hertz Shliach Tzibur was one of the Mekubalim in Germany in the 15th, 16th century. And this is before Shabzai Tzvi basically shut down Kabbalah in Germany. Rav Hertz Shliach Tzibur was a big Mekubal in Germany. And he was, as is to be assumed, the Shliach Tzibur. And he has a Pir And in that Pir he says a very interesting story. He says that Revelazar Hakalir, right, the uh, Geonic era Python, one of the fathers of the of one of the, the fathers of the Piot movement, one of the early Pythonim, when he was studying to write Piotim, he used the Shem Shemayim, and he ascended himself into the heavens to go ask the angels what is the most appropriate way to praise Hashem. So this uh, uh, rabbi basically used uh, mystical means in order to ascend to Shemayim and speak to the Malachim to ask them what is the best way to praise Hashem. And so the Malach Michael replied to him that the way the Malachim praise Hashem is be'alphabeta, with alphabet, meaning in some, for some reason praising Hashem with alphabet shows some form of completeness, some form of complete shira, and therefore... Um, that's Rav Elazar Haklir took this as a cue to write his piyutim with an alphabet with alphabetic acrostics. Now, the one of the proofs for this is that Kel Baruch Gedol Daya finishes with Misaperim Kevod Kel, 
which is Roshei uh, Tevot for Michael, that the Malach Michael gave him this, uh, this tip. And therefore, that's the first uh, uh, theory as to why the Piyutim here prefer an alphabetic acrostic. The other, if I remember correctly, this is the, what's it, the Abu Durham, um, learns that the Aleph Beit represent. Uh, no, Zubhid Ben Yakar, um, hold up, let me think. No, I think this is the, the Abu Durham learns that the Aleph Beit represent the entire Torah, and the world, all of the universe and celestial bodies only stand on the Torah, so therefore we mention the Aleph Beit because the Aleph Beit represented the Torah. Rehuda ben Yakar says a little more simply, he says that uh, the entire universe was formed with the Aleph Beit, and because we are speaking about the Briat HaOlam, right, we're speaking about the creation of the world, therefore we choose an acrostics with Aleph Beit because we know the world was created, as, as it says in Sefer HaEchalot, with the Aleph Beit, that the Aleph Beit were the the um, devices with which the world was created, say for Yitzirah says things like this, and, and uh, the alphabet of the Re'akiva, different Midrashim build upon this idea. Lastly, the Shalah says something mystical, very Kabbalistic, which is that we learned, uh, I think we studied this a little more in the Brachot of Kriyat Shema, that this, the section of Yotzer Or of Kriyat Shema is called the Heichal, uh, I believe it's the Heichal Zohar, the Heichal Livnat HaSapir, I don't remember exactly which Heichal it's in. Um, and, no, it's called Heichal Etzem HaShemayim LaTohar, if I'm remembering correctly. And, Kabbalistically, when we go through the tefillah, every section of the tefillah has a different meditative world. This is the meditative world called Biriah. And in this meditative world of Biriah, there's a Heichal, there's a department uh, called, I believe it's the Etzem HaShemayim Lator. And the Malach, which is the, I guess, gatekeeper of this Heichal, is comprised of the Aleph Bet. Meaning, in order to pass into this Heichal, you need to pass this Malach, which is uh, comprised, this Malach is built out of the Aleph Bet, whatever that means, and therefore to get past him, you need a piyut of the Aleph Bet. So that was, that's what the Shla says in his Sidur. You could look at it in Kelberuch uh, Gedodeya, or reference to Shir that we did, uh, Shir number 57. Okay, so, halachically speaking, <laughs> the the validity of all of this also needs to be uh, addressed. So we can see, first of all, that at the end of the day, all of these Pew team uh, reached a consensus. And it's unusual that so many different nuscha'ot, so many different rites, settled upon the same language exactly. You can look back at the early Spanish Sidurim from Aragon, from Catalonia, from, from Castilla. You could look at the Ashkenaz Sidurim from France, from Germany. The resemblance is uncanny. The, 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 the similarities between the word choice, and it, it's almost identical. All of the piotim that were added for Yotzer Or are practically identical. And we don't see much variation between all of the early Nusraut. And this teaches us that there was a very early consensus, that sometime right after or at the end of the time of the Geonim, all of the Kihilot in, in the greater Jewish diaspora accepted a single rite, a single um, uh, Nusach, 
And so because there was such an early consensus, it is very likely that people didn't see these piyutim as piyutim at all. They saw them as part of the tefillah itself. And therefore, most of the Rishonim, with the exception of Rabbi Yehuda Barcelona, uh, the Sefer Eitim, um, besides for him, most of the Rishonim understood this as a core part of the tefillah and never questioned adding uh, these piyutim to Yotzer or of Shabbat. However, there was a time when piyutim were greatly and hotly debated. In the time of the Geonim, this was already a fight. Uh, you'll see some of the Geonim permitted it and some of the Geonim forbade it. Like Rav Nachshon Gaon says that Chazan Sheodea Piyut, one of the Geonim said that a Chazan that knows Piyut, we don't allow him to, to lead the prayers. They, they basically, uh, there, were, there were Geonim who were very forceful against adding Piyutim. We already mentioned that the Gra understands the Rambam as holding, the Rambam believes that within Kriyat Shema it would definitely be uh, inappropriate or asur to add piyutim. There's other teshuvot from the Rambam about piyutim. I don't want to go into the whole rabbit hole, but there, there's uh, teshuvah from the Rashba uh, uh, as well regarding how to learn this Mishnah and how, how, whether or not we add, uh, whether or not we should add piyutim to Yotzer Or. The Rash, by the way, the Rashba about Yotzer Or doesn't seem to believe that it exclude, the Mishnah excludes piyutim. It excludes adding certain types of brachot or certain ty- types of closing. If you look at, and there's a famous Ibn Ezra, if anyone has time to look at it, it's in Kohelet, Perak uh, Hey, right at the beginning. The Ibn Ezra goes on a tyrant, uh, not a tyrant, on a rant, a uh, tirade, <laughs> against the Paitanim. Even Kalirian-style piyutim, even the piyutim of, of Rebelezer HaKalir, the Ibn Ezra does not like piyutim at all. And he speaks about how many of them have mistakes, and they are theologically broken, and how they could have nothing to do with the tefillah. And in his time, the 11th century, this was already still being debated by some people whether or not to add piyutim at all. Eventually, there was a lot of. Uh, if you look at if you look in the Sefer Ha'itim, he also has a negative opinion. Unsurprisingly, he believes the Putim were only a- added for Shat Hashmad, meaning as an emergency measure during a time of persecution, because Jews weren't allowed to pray, and therefore they said they sang songs instead. I don't know what his source is for that, but uh, there were many Rishonim who had a negative opinion of Putim, especially on halachic grounds. Therefore, if you look in the Rush and the Tor. In uh, I think it's Samachet, Samachet, the Torah Paskins, one should not add Kravis, one should not add Piyutim to Davening, should not add it to Yosar, should not add it to Shmona Esrei, and the Shulchan Aruch Paskins like that. There are uh, other Achronim who disagree, and they say that it's okay as long as it's on topic and it's not incorrect. One can add Piyutim, bringing Rayot from Rav Haigaon. This was a, a hot topic among the Rishonim whether or not to add Piyutim. However, due to the influence of, there was a time when Putim were very, very popular. If you look at the, some Hasidic shuls, they'll still say Yitzris, uh today on special occasions. And this is a relic of a time when Yitzris were far, far more common. And people would say Putim by almost every Shabbat. There was a time when Putim were very popular in certain areas and very unpopular in others. Eventually, a balance came to be. There was a balancing. And this happened for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, you know, people were lazy. People didn't want to say a million piyutim in the tefillah. Second of all, the Shulchan Aruch himself paskined against it. He said, please don't add 
One should not add Yitzris in the middle of a standardized bracha. Don't add Piyutim in the middle of Shemayin Esrei, Chazar Sashas. Don't add Piyutim in the middle of Yotzer R. And therefore, from halachic grounds, most of the extra Piyutim were, were cut out. But furthermore, Piyutim in general typically were cut out from the Sidurim, not just because of that, but also because of the Arizal. The Arizal held that the early Piyutim, like the Kalirian ones, the, the ones that from the time of the Goni, many of those have Kabbalistic credence. However, the later ones like Gabirol and Ibn Ezra, those he did not like. He did not like the ones from the time of the Rishonim. So the, between the Arizal and the Shulchan Aruch being very specific about the Piyutim that they liked, most of the Piyutim and the poetic literature, holy poetic literature written for the Tefillah has been lost to time. Uh, I, honestly, there are still books you can buy of poetry, of Jewish poetry going back hundreds of years. They're hard to find. They're not printed much anymore. Uh, mostly, they exist in academic libraries. It's left to the to the dust of history. Most of the uh, piyutim, which used to be said. Now, the and the last factor, which really put the nail in the coffin for all of the yitzers, whether they were Ashkenaz, whether they were Svaradi, was the printing press. And the printing press had to make money, and therefore they weren't going to add tons and tons of things that were unnecessary. And therefore, they wrote what the manuscript said, they wrote what most people said, and they weren't going to add yaitzis for every occasion because it simply wasn't profitable. It was extra pages, extra types, uh, typesets, and therefore it wasn't worth it. And so most of the extra team for Shabbat uh, fell out to the wayside, and we were left with these three main, uh, sorry, these four main insertions for uh, Kriyat Shema, and most of the additions and, and you know, extra piyutim that have been written, the Yitzrais, right, the, the ones that are written for Yitzer, those got lost to time. So, Bezrat Hashem, next week we will continue with the text themselves, right, the Akol Yoducha text, the Enker Kecha. Someone speaking? Okay. So, next week, Bezrat Hashem, we will we'll return, we'll continue to speak about the text itself, maybe the Mepharshim. All the Rishonim have a lot of commentary on all of these various uh, Nusachs, and we'll have to see how the Rishonim deal with it, how they're different, uh, and I hope to see everybody next week. So thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you all next time. And that is...